too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I bring the boom, I bring the thunder. Legion of doom in the dungeon of plunder. I'll go for any one nine two on the Matt Wiley Podcast Network featuring me, Matt Wiley. Wiley seventy seven on Twitter. This week is the memorial, the Jack course from Dublin. Dublin, Ohio. Not that Dublin. The Dublin of Ohio. Tough Jack Nicholas course made extremely tough last year after the work day which was very unusual to have a tournament at a course and then this another tournament the same course the following week but welcome to covid 2020 and they made it much jack jack major made you bleed the following week he watered the greens enough so they didn't die but those things were rolling a 15 it was it was Complete disintegration on Sunday. I'm not sure it'll be that way this year, but who knows? It's a very tough course. Uh, Bring your A game. Bring your iron game. Bring your major ready game on this one. Caddies apparently hate it too. I've heard that. I don't know if it's still the case, but this is one of their least favorite tournaments. So I've heard. Public info. Or maybe not. Uh, DraftKings contest. Is it up yet? I don't think it is. We have a winner from last week, Ryan Gibbons. Gibb from the Grove. I've seen him a lot, and I kind of want to know where the Grove is. Uh, thanks to Chris Durrell, Bombs underscore four on Twitter. For the for the free some of the best free content on the internet for golf, it's Chris Durrell, uh, Green Square Golf, not free content but great content, all your form course history. It's important, folks. When you look at some of these tools, some of the very popular ones which I like, and you're and you're digesting information about how a golfer performs on certain types of courses. Length, rough type, speed, green speed, green size, fairways, easy, all of that. (laughs) What is that based on? Course history. I just coughed up a demon. It felt like. My child was just, we're in Canada, right? She just found a, something in the lake. I was like, oh, what's that? She's like, it's glasses, Dad. Under the lake, I get a net. It's a pair of glasses. I said, no, it's a, it's just grass. Sure enough, it's a pair of glasses. Fish that out of the lake. And then she goes, what's that? I go, it's nothing. She goes, it's a bone. Turns out it's part of a femur. So, dun dun, we're solving a murder here at the lake in Canada. Perhaps I won't be alive for the U.S. Open. 
Glasses, femur. What's next? Um, Brickle, now with peptides. Sponsored by Old Spice, now with aluminum. And Old Navy. It's fine. None of those even sponsor me. I just like saying it. But if you wear Old Navy, that's the best tagline they could ever even imagine. Old Navy. It's fine. Who cares? Just get over it. Get over yourself. Old Navy's clothes are fine. Yeah, they disintegrate after three washes. Who cares? So what? You'll end up in a lake like this guy with the glasses that my daughter just dug up. Who cares? Um, and, and by the way, if you hear two kids fighting over a pine cone, I'm going to end this podcast short. Because yes, there's four trillion pine cones in Canada. They'll find the one to fight over. The worst thing about Canada so far, like, well, at all, I'm from here. I, I live here one month of the year. And I, I grew up here. But currently the two worst things going, three worst things going. One, the COVID testing hourly we have to do. Number two, all dressed chips. What's up with that? And three, the Leafs. Sad. All around. Um, cut line, which was right last week. If you don't follow me on Twitter, I'm obsessed. I'm not really obsessed. I don't care if I get it right or not. Sometimes it's better content if I don't. But I am trying. I got it right last week. Of course, all the cut line Friday antagonists who tell me I'm wrong, all of you Friday afternoon bozos who are who have the luxury of being like 36 holes in to tell me if I'm wrong, and you're still not right. At least do it Thursday night, man. I'm not really mad. This is just a bit. But all of you, I've got you bookmarked. All your names. It'll be minus one. Even. You're wrong. You're an idiot. I know that. Uh, the Brooks Bryson fight. I don't think I got to it last week because it was sort of new news. Um, I don't think it's fabricated at all. If it is, Brooks perhaps is the best actor, athlete, slash athlete that's ever existed. I don't think you could act that anger. I genuinely think that a lot of people don't like Bryson. I think it comes through Brooks. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on it. Uh, I think I don't think it's going away necessarily. I just don't think... I mean, do you like everyone you work with? Do you like everyone in your family? Do you like everyone in your, on your street? Of course there's going to be rivalries and people who don't like each other in a workplace, especially with a bunch of alpha males. I'm just not sure Bryson is equipped to handle the deep cutting comebacks that he's attempting to do to Brooks or in this tournament with Phil and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Phil. Phil is extremely sharp tongued and he knows how to talk and he knows how to cut you deep before you even know you're being cut deep like the guy scoops from the memorial a few years back that radio host who i don't know a lot of people like him whatever but he was you know he's in character the scoops character scratch had it on their twitter feed 
but he's yelling at Phil from like a foot away, and Phil's like, why are you yelling at me? And he pauses, he goes, scoops. Like, just to say, I know your name that you wanted to call yourself, and it's ridiculous. And he just, it was such a deep wound to this guy, radio guy from Dallas, that it was sort of a masterful level of insult. And I just don't think Bryson is equipped to handle both that, that whatever live two man against Brady and Phil, nor handle what it takes to deal with someone like Brooks, who clearly doesn't give an F at all. He's got a ton of dough. He may not like the industry of golf. He knows it's a job. He's really good at it. He's probably really good at it because he doesn't care. And he's not dealing with BS. That's what I can glean. I hear he's a good guy. I hear he's kind of the shirt off the back kind of guy. He just doesn't suffer fools well. And it just, he can't restrain it. I think Bryson's an okay guy too. It ain't my fight. I just don't think it's one that Bryson could probably win in the content space. Scoops. Uh, Very short podcast intro so we can get to Ryan from the Grove. And we can talk to Josh and Ryan about the memorial. And then we have a pause. And then we're going to go to the U.S. Open. Which will be exciting. Another million dollar contest. And I had it last week. I had the pool. I couldn't even add more guys. I think I had 30, 35 guys in my in my pool. And I just was, I had them. I just was way overexposed on two guys. My fault. Brennan Grace, Harry Higgs. Never again. There's a, there is a no-fly list for me. One of them might be Zach Johnson. One of them might be Brent Snedeker. One of them might be Harry Higgs. Let's talk to Ryan and then Ryan and Josh. Your dog's barking, Ryan. I know. What's its name? Sharpay. Sharpay? It's named Sharpay? Yeah, she's a little... Uh... 13-year-old cockapoo. <laughs> if it was a Sharpay, that'd be funnier. The high school musical my kids named it after. I love it. Yes. Josh just got a new puppy, too. I think he got a bull mastiff. Huh. And here we've got my five-pound dog here at the lake in a, in, a, in a flotation device so it doesn't drown in the water at all times. <laughs> um, Ryan Gibbons. Here, here's the funny thing. You, I'm going to say this, but you're in finance and you don't play a ton of DFS. But the the absolute schematic to win this tournament is A, finance, B, you're sharp, C, you don't play a lot. So do those things and you'll win Golflandia. Plus, you said you love the no rake factor. And, yes. and did you know you won the ski vacation? Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yes. A few disclaimers, but nonetheless, you want it. Right. Well, thanks. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. What do you do up there other than finance? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm a bank auditor for a bank, and I visit uh, commercial loans that we have with uh, the bank. Well, that's nice. So you're a sharp guy. You're pragmatic. You're 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 stealthy with your money, and you come in here and swoop in and take all the money <laughs> from, from all the other golf landy listeners. What is your what is your strategy when you do play? Do you have one this week for the memorial? Uh, yeah, it, it it fluctuates each week, but uh, I try to find three to four key uh, players and then build my right lineup around that. Um, last year it was Poulter, Colt Cash, and um, uh, Colin. But, you know, those were the three I wanted, and then I just try to find out, you know, what a good value is elsewhere. And I don't really care if it's chalk or not because – if it's winning, it's winning. You have like Coke right. or Spieth. Would you call him Coke Ash? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> New name, Jason Coke. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, so so this week, I'm interested to hear your core this week because I think I think that pricing is is flipped a little bit in that there's, there's always a ton of stuff in the sevens. I don't think that this week, I think a lot of chalk surprisingly is going to be in the eights and there's some quote unquote, perhaps gems in the sixes. I, I, I I had one guest before explain it to me. Well, that you you just have to find guys who make the cut. Just don't burn your sixes with Harry Higgs like last week. What's your core? Um, this week I like, you know, I like three guys that missed the cut last week. Uh, M, Scheffler, and, uh, Reed. So. It's funny you say M because I think M is the greatest value in the whole field. Price and ownership projection. Have people forgotten about him at that price? At that skill level? And he's been coming, you know. Making a cut and missing a cut every other week, I've looked up and, uh, you know, so I, I think those are my three. And, and Lowry, I, I'm, I'm really high on as well, Shane Lowry. So um, I'm going to try to avoid the tens, focus on the low nines, and uh, take Lowry in the eight. Range. I think I think Lowry has one of some of the best at the green skills on the planet. I think he's an underrated iron player. He's a major winner. Um, I can't, I'm a huge Lowry fan now. Um, and I do believe I am in the mindset that you can't get off a guy. Uh, that was a bad sentence. You can't get away from a guy. If he's had a bad week, they you you have to understand you have to believe they will improve. Just take advantage of the ownership and take it the price. Uh, and so I'm with you on M. Scheffler drives me insane. Yes, he he drives me insane each week, and I do think he's due for a win this year. Um, and this might be. You know, of course, that several people have won for the first time. So, any super chalk fish plays that you're probably saying no to? 
Well, Cantley for sure. Wow. That's my winner. <laughs> um, I don't know if his form's really back. Um, Rory, probably another one. I don't know how chalky he'll be, but those are probably the two that I'm, I won't consider uh, this week. I know there's a lot of talk up on Cantley, and um, I'm more uh, recent form than course history type of a, a guy. So anyone super sneaky deep out in the stratosphere, Ryan Gibbons given the Grove Bank Audit Play of the Week jump shot. I, I don't have one um, that I'm really set on right now, um, and hopefully I don't have to get down in the the low sevens or even sixes but you know charles hull um at seven thousand might be someone you know if i have to go that low that i'll put in the lineup this week i know i'm gonna listen to josh and ryan and i know the first thing out of their mouth is gonna be kyle stanley (laughs) and i'll have to listen to it for 30 minutes (laughs) yeah I, i i i don't have him um you know, and I, 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 the the things I do is I listen to you, and you know, last week you had me on Stewart, so that helped me. Um, but yeah, I believe the sixes I I try to avoid as much as possible, and um, it's too know. dangerous. I agree. Um, the only other one in the sixes, and I'll mention it in the next segment, is Adam had one another guy I can't quit. I can't get off Adam Hadwin, and I won't stop until I do. <laughs> yeah, I do like him. I um, had him in a different lineup, um, a neighborhood game that we play uh, on DraftKings. I used him. Um, he does well. You know, like your actual neighborhood? What was that? Like your actual neighborhood friends? Yeah, we do a DraftKings league. Um you know, just four or five guys that we get in. So, can I be part of it? I could invite you. Okay. Is there like an initiation? No, it's it's real low stakes. Uh, no. One dollar we play for each week, and it's more of bragging rights and okay, giving each other hard times. No weird Wisconsin shit. No, none of that. No, okay. no teams involved or anything like that. <laughs> okay. Go lock me in the cage for an afternoon. No. You're in. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. I thank you so much. You made me all laugh. Right, thank you. Yeah, buddy. Cash Tiger Woods, y'all. Hello. All right. Here we are for the memorial, which I think Josh and in I just honor realized. Of memorial Day. <laughs> yes. Both Josh and I just realized that it's an honor of Memorial Day. I thought it was just some sort of memorial for Jack. I don't know. That's, I actually Jack isn't that. dead, guys. <laughs> isn't he? True. Wait, no, but you, True. Can a, you can have a memorial for someone who's alive, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's I mean, kind of after Memorial Day, too, so not really accurate. <laughs> That's the key point there. Thank because, you. Let's see, any, because Memorial Day being a Monday holiday, everyone mm-hmm. is extending their weekend. Therefore, it's like the end of last week, right? And it's what's their trophy? The like a green? It's a green garland or something. 
And for the record, we're not taking anything away from the uh, no uh, the sacrifice that everyone. (laughs) We're just talking about which week Memorial Day falls on. I say last week was Memorial Day week. If if there were a week, it was last week. We're just trying to feel less stupid for figuring this out. That's it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So so. This ter- here's the weird part. Last year, because of COVID, you had the wor- is the workday even a thing anymore? What what replaced the workday, Ryan? What well, the workday replaced something else. Yeah. Anyway, it was the oddest I think it was setup. The deer or something the last workday. year. Yes. Yeah. 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 You had the workday at Mirrorfield, and then the following week it was the memorial at Mirrorfield, and it became yeah, it too. Bizarre. Two completely different courses in that the second week, and now granted, it's not typically held in July, blazing hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Muirfield, he, he, Jack really, he brought the torture, as I said in my notes. Uh, he watered the greens enough so they didn't die. But do you recall the speed, especially on the weekend, was like 15s? It was bananas. Add the wind, it was like a US Open, the rough. I mean, this is a tough, it's a tough course in that, I mean, it has generous landing zones off the tee, which is, which is typical of Nicholas designs. It narrows towards the green and then there's a ton of shit, a ton of, a ton of bunkering, a ton of water hazards, gnarly rough. And you have this water that meanders around the entire course. It's like the raised Creek of Dublin, Ohio. And so you're, it's just, you face a, and the, Par threes, the two par threes specifically on the back are very tough over water. Um, the the par fives, you, it's a must score. They're very they're the easiest holes in the course, but it is you know it's your it's your tree lined parklands max PGA course. It is favorable to guys who may not be as accurate off the tee, but are long, but inform iron players uh, and then testing your elite scrambling abilities. And then you're, you're hot putting, but you've seen unique type winner. I mean, what did McGirt do well here? Um, some shorter hitters did well There's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Willie McGirt. Um, the Rom one last year obviously has elite around the green game. Cantlay was up there. Uh, Finau very underrated around the greens. Um, Heinrich Norlander was peaking last year and he almost won this, uh, outside of Sunday, but you know, you want bold iron players who can manage their way out of bunkers and make great decisions around the course, because if you don't navigate it, well, you're in one of the trillion hazards. Agree, disagree. Yeah. I think, um, just kind of looking back at this historically, it's, it's, it's pretty easy what type of player you're looking for. I mean, we can argue form, course history, but I mean, you're looking for iron players um, and you actually have to putt and scramble well here. So you've seen a few of the off the tee, you know, bombers who have done well here recently, uh, specifically Rom and Bryson. But um, ultimately I, you know, I think guys like that can win anywhere. And it's not, not really the model that I'm looking for this week. No. Do you believe it'll play to last year's, speed and difficulty it's a good question um it's tough because they've redone the entire course 
right? Uh, normally when that happens, things will be uh, firmer. Uh, I don't know specifically about the green speed, but like you said, Nicholas, his, his kind of MO is, is, you know, firm, fast greens and, and he wants to be challenging. So um, yeah, going to listen and, and hear what guys have to say about press conferences and practice rounds, but I do expect it to play difficult this week. Josh, what's your strategy this week? Do you feel like if we go into pricing, do you feel like there is some heaviness up top that you can fade a little bit and will, or will you not leave money on the table? It's, it's not a question of whether I will leave money off on the table. It's just how much. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the, uh, the the hot topic of the week is obviously Kyle Stanley. If you're if you're researching DFS, he's popped up in your model. If you're on Twitter, he is. You've seen someone talk about him, and if you listen to anybody's pod, you've heard someone talk about him. So, if that's kind of like where you need to do make your just you have to make your decision right there. That's where I would start with what you're going to do with him. Because if you play him at 61, you can do whatever you want. Um, so, you know, and then at that point, you're not you're not making tough decisions about, oh, do I can I afford Spieth or Rom or Bryson? Yeah, you can get you can make any lineup that looks great once you plug in Kyle Stanley. Is it that he um, nearly won three years ago, except for a wayward drive? Was it in was it in the playoff or was it just on the 18th? Do you recall? He, Brian? he did not make it into a playoff here. I'm almost positive. But it was, he was second, but he almost won. It was just a wayward drive on 18. Yeah, I mean, the issue with Stanley this week. 2019. Uh, so the main issue with Stanley, I mean, beyond just being, you know, exceptionally cheap for God knows what reason. Maybe it's because he was a late entry, uh, you know, just mess with DK or something. But, I mean, he has form. He has course history. He has ridiculous ball striking stats. <laughs> uh, and I think it also helps that we had Vince Whaley as, as, as chalk at that same price last week. Um, and there was a lot of talk about him and he just, you know, he crushed and he returned value. And I expect Stanley to, Stanley to do exactly the same this week. His cut making percentage, which is what I think all you, the only thing you need to focus on when you're making the decision is, will he make the cut? You're not playing yes. him because you think he's going to win. Yes. So, but his cut making percentage is up there with guys in the high sevens. So he, I mean, He's not – if you're just focusing on whether or not he'll make the cut, he's not just a little underpriced. He's like 2000 Yeah, I mean, I, I would have yes, paid $1,200 so. more for him, you know, easily. Yeah. So, uh, But you have an addiction. Yeah, I so I, I – and I think – so I think that it's right now sub-10% Kyle Stanley. That will probably increase, I would imagine, at that price. Um, he is very polarizing, Sure. Um, but I, I do believe that price is very generous for Kyle and I am in the mindset. Now you have to have a pool of guys, just find the ones that make the cut. It is it's like Harry Higgs killed me last week, killed me. I had everything top to bottom and then Higgs or Brendan Grace. Can, can Kyle Stanley make it through two days? And it may be the uh, okay gamble at eight percent ownership. If well, that holds, here's the thing: 
I agree with you. The ownership thing is where I'm a little stuck. Ordinarily, before last week, I would have said, you know, six point eight dollars players never six point eight what? I would say who's should be sixty eight hundred bucks this week. That's that's my Kyle Stanley price. I would go. I'd go higher, but ordinarily, I say someone who's sixty one doesn't ever get ownership. But after, as Ryan had said last week with Whaley, because Whaley was generally twenty percent owned in even the big GPPs, right? Like the fit one fifty max. Uh, no, I think he was like twelve or so in that, right? But but in yeah, but I mean, in some stuff, he got up to twenty plus. Yeah. Well, I, I okay. Well, I, I thought. I guess I thought it was higher. Maybe I was just looking at some, um, like three max single entry. But um, yeah, so I'm a little bit concerned with the with the Whaley effect with um, jumping it up. But here, I, here's my thought on how to approach Whaley. I'm oh, sorry. Excuse me, Stanley. You're if you're gonna just play one guy in the sixes and it's Stanley, you're you know you're. I don't know. I don't know if I like that strategy because it feels a little fishy. But I, I think you you decide well you're going to lock or you're going to fade, and I don't really like either of those. So I was trying to think of a way: is how can I get unique while still taking the chalk Stanley, but not just having lineups to look like everybody else's. And I was thinking playing around with the idea of if I go two cheap sixes, and then I do yeah. basically kind of like a. I'm gonna like go four guys in the in the eights and nines and two cheap sixes. Um, now, I think that's interesting because I think that 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 lineup construction itself will be unique. Uh, the only problem with it is then, you know, can will that be enough to win a GPP with with two guys who are probably gonna finish in, you know, assume they make the cut, then they're gonna be like what forties and fifties. So that's the only problem. You re- you'd have to really You'd have to really go have your top four go like, you know, all the mm-hmm. top five. And I'm not but sure. Ev- I don't know. Yeah. Every course every week is essentially, you know, similar on the PGA Tour. Ball strikers and gamble and find the hot butter. I think that if you're going to have a, a sort of a must have this week, it's one, two things. One, are are you are you pretty clever and strategic and maybe some veteran skill in terms of decision making and two you kind of know the guy you guys who you would trust to get up and down out of a bunker and those that when they get in there you're like fuck <laughs> this is this is going to be 12 feet putt to make par and so i i really want the guys and I don't necessarily mean it has to be Jason Day, although that begs a question. Oh, but here we go. The guys who have I'm not doing it, I don't think. Good. But like a Ben on who is playing better, and that's not a bit, he is playing better. Wyndham Clark, Adam Hadwin, who I think is underpriced and probably underowned and played really well last week. Very well last week. I'm an Adam Adam Hadwin truther. You and me both. Yeah, I already said no to that. You oh, know, Ryan, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Ryan it was misleading last week. I think he chipped it. It was all around the green. Uh, he's he's historically been terrible at this golf course. Uh, yeah, just I, I mean, I do think he's underpriced. I'll say that. You know, he's he's normally low sevens. Um, so you know, I'll give you that. But um, yeah, 
he's not for me this week. The other one too, because I'm a course history goon piker loser is Norlander in that I get he, 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 this guy was polished for the last 12 months. It seemed like he was one of the better ball strikers on tour. He was priced way up. Now he's low sixes. He had an okay week last week. His ownership's going to be ridiculously low. And he's in that Kyle Stanley range when there's not a lot of really other options I would think of. I'm I'm kind of a Norlander guy. I cannot get away from that guy at that price. And you're talking to a couple other Norlander guys, so um, there you go. One of the yeah, biggest. no, totally. I mean, look, I think this is the opportunity, right? He he finally made a cut last week. Uh, he didn't finish well, but I, I'm pretty sure he gained about four strokes approach. You know, that's what you're looking for. His his uh, short game was fine. Gained. Uh, four strokes approach, made a lot of birdies. And and then, like you said, he's coming back to a course where he's played well, not just at the workday, um, but at the Memorial itself. Right. And yeah, I, I'll say he's 1% owned. He may even be less than 1% owned. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, Is that all you got? Kyle family? And- no, no, no. I think, no, I think we, I like it. We- starting from the bottom up, start from the bottom up in the sixes. Well, if you really want me to start from the bottom up, am I starting with Bo? <laughs> Home game. <laughs> Home game for Bo. Fuck I. Uh, <laughs> no. So Hogue is I not am, good. Uh, so, no, I agree. We're not playing Hogue. But, but isn't so he from I, Columbus? Isn't Jack his mentor? Yeah, he, he went to Ohio State. Here? Yeah, went to Ohio State. Big, uh, big Nicholas fan, yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about where people went to college. We already did that with, with Ed Shura, right? Um, right? I am very much in on. On, on, I guess. Yes. Yes. I don't know yes. how to say it. On, on, yeah. On, it sounded on. a little strange. So, yeah, I'm on, on. And um, let's see. Can I get away with uh, Camilo here? Oh, God, absolutely not. I don't mind him. I don't mind him. Yeah, I, he he's a, so these are guys you know that I've been I've been playing around with a little bit. Um, I have been I'm kind of digging in on steel, and um, but the here, the guy I really like, which I, he's currently on the blacklist. Every now and then, I give him a, a temporary exemption, and it will be Russell Knox. Yeah, I mean he's he, never he's cheap enough here that you have to like. Play 5% and no. I mean, you'll be double the field. There's a lot to like there. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a I, lot I to play, like. But... I, I play one guy from Scotland. That's Martin Laird. That's it. Yeah, both make sense. I would say, so basically there's there's three guys that I'm actually excited to play down here. Um, I mean, obviously Kyle Stanley is one. Benny on would be number two. And uh, for me, number three is Troy Merritt. Uh, he's been really solid. Makes a ton of birdies. Pretty good ball striker. Uh, also from Ohio. Not many people know that. Um and he's played okay here, so I think Merritt makes a lot of sense, and 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 he's priced up at the top of the sixes, where I you know I doubt he gets much ownership. Um, on top of that, I think there are a couple other guys that are just, I think they're just too underpriced for what they could do. Uh, one of them is is a RCB, who's now made a couple of cuts in a row, and seems like he's uh, uh, back to being mildly competent. He's sixty two hundred. I mean. He could be he could be twelve hundred. I don't and come with a gold 
fucking trophy. I don't care. For the... I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and then actually two other guys at the exact same price. Jason Duffner, who we've talked about the ball striking, and obviously this is probably his best course on tour. Um, he doesn't have the upside of, of any of those other guys, but, you know, a, a top 30 for 6,200. And then I, I think you know where I'm going next. Um, this gentleman, uh, we like to play on tough golf courses, and he gained seven strokes ball striking last week. Um, he has gained off the tee, I believe, in nine straight events and has gained on approach for the last six, and that is Danny Lee. Big fan of Danny Lee. Mm-hmm. As always, I think there's more to like in the sixes than there is in the sevens. I mean, the sevens, yes. there's just some guys who are who are let downers. Um, I think Grio at seven point seven, close to twenty percent ownership, mm-hmm. is just like auto fade for me. Um, Tringali can never get right. Uh, Streelman close to 70, 18 percent. Uh, some of the stuff is nuts. The the one there's three. The one there's three. Kuchar <laughs> is on the blacklist, the no fly list ever. I cannot. Oh my Kuchar god, this is the gone. week, buddy. Get back. Come on in. Nope, oh, I can't. The water's it warm. Was ridiculous last week. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, if you look at it, look, he lost like three and a half no, strokes off the tee, right? When is Matt Kuchar going to do that again? Yes, he sucks. I, he's, yeah, but he's not going <laughs> to. Every week he's going to. I do don't that. know. No, I'm, we're done with Kuchar. Listen, Kuchar's. I, I, I didn't play him the entire year, and then for the last two yes. weeks, I've just decided like I have to be, I have to basically lock yes. him in, and it's been terrible. Yes. Why didn't I just do what I did for the whole? He's dead. He's dead. But the guy Matt's about play to say, all Sergio. Yeah, who's I about to say? Uh, what? Brendan Todd. Good lord. No. Oh, what are you talking about? Brendan Todd around the green? Are you kidding uh. me? So he's back. He's back. He's seven point two. That's the play this week, my man. I, Matt I do Jones, agree. Brendan Todd, Matt Wallace. I do. I like the. We're all we're scatterbrained here, and I kind of like it. I think your yeah. listeners are going to really like it too. Um, I agree with your sentiment that the sevens. There's not a lot there. No, and especially in if this is going to play tough, where when it plays tough and there are less streaks and there's less birdies, it, it puts more of an emphasis on, on position points. So there, and this is a big boy tournament where you expect a packed leaderboard. So I'm, I am looking to get more of the top 20 in salary golfers in my lineup than having a more balanced lineup than six guys right. in the sevens. Cause the guys in the sixes, I think are just as live to get, you know, the T30, as the guys in the seven, there's not many in the sevens I like. So that even pushes me more towards this idea of playing Stanley and, or playing two people in the sixes. So I, I imagine every single lineup I have, will have somebody in the sixes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, but the, the name, sorry, the name I was going to say, yes. is Matt Wallace. Yeah. His ownership's kind of up there, but he contended here last year and he does everything well. He's a great iron player. He's good around the greens and he's kind of, he's, you know, and he's, he's been good. burning people. Like he 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 was totally. like, he was the popular play for the last few weeks. I think there's a little bit of Matt Wallace burnout. And right, but the, here's the crazy part: is that is that you have Matt Wallace burnout, but they still price him below seven five every week. Yeah, the price and is bad. If he was eight one, yeah, that's that's burnout. But now you've got Ricky at eight. What the fuck? 
he was like sixes <laughs> for one average week. Yeah. Um, I agree with what most of you guys said. I will say, uh, and I'll just, I, I guess I'll just narrow it quickly. I think the three guys that I'm targeting most, uh, in it, most in the sevens are going to be, uh, and I'll go from the bottom up, Wallace, Strowman, Woodland. I'm surprised you guys didn't mention Gary Woodland yet. Uh, I'm very – He him. seems like the best very player on the board. Him. Very lovely. Yeah, him. best player on the board probably for the price. Uh, I would imagine he ends up you know, in the 14 to 16% range, uh, if not higher. But I think there's a lot of options here. You know, We talked – people are, are, are going to play Keegan – uh, everybody loves to play Leishman for some reason. Everyone's going to play Grio. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to play Tringali for the first time ever. So uh, apologize, <laughs> apologize in advance to anybody who who's actually rooting for him um, because he's got no chance. But um, yeah, I, here's the other one: is Big Stu Sink. Yeah, definitely part of an MME pool. There's no reason not to play Stewie. I mean, he he, he his iron plays lights out. Is- Do we have any interest in um, in Glover? Yeah, you know what? He re- he, I, he was in some lineups ahead of me in the fifteen dollar last week. He just slid into the cut, and then he performed really well in the, well in the weekend. Yeah, he's always low priced, and you know one of the best drivers ever. It's not a bad play. I mean, KH Lee also coming off a That's, win. You know, I love that play. That was Aaron Wise, your guy for sure. I don't know if I want to call him my guy, but yeah, um, he's. I like him, but KH Lee is, a, I think, a really sharp player. Um, you know, you you can completely ignore his last event, right? Coming off his first win, yep. Um, and he's, he's never owned. Um, yes. I think he, I think he's going to be sub five percent, and mm-hmm. he's just a solid golfer right now. Um, so, let's see here. Um, here, here's the interesting part. I think we covered most of the sevens. There's not a lot of guys who are priced in the eights, um, but there's some guys that people really want. Uh, Billy Horschel, I just can never get right. I just can't play it. I've got it. And Fowler, I just gotta let him go, and and Keegan for that matter, especially Keegan twenty percent. I no thanks, cannot no, do that it. stuff. Right, it's very really tough. And then especially and then Usti is extreme. There's like this is some some gross chalk is all in this. Room. How can they all be popular right. though? That, that's my question. Yes. They're really they really their attitude is we don't like the sevens either. We'll move up to the eights and play it with some sixes. I, I mean, some of the highest ownership currently projected has. Looks like Hoffman, Usti, Keegan should might be in the in the top five. Yeah, that's the. I feel like so. I think of those guys, you know, Usti is, is probably one who who is most due for a letdown. Um, he's the guy who, who who seems to just have the most erratic ball striking, um, and then he he can kind of hold together with the short game. I think think about Charlie Hoffman is he's just he's just hitting the iron so well. Um, that uh, he just makes enough birdies and he has the course history that I'm just going to play him. So let's Brian see gone. here. Well, you know, oh, man. we're having a little tech. We're having some audio. Oh, man. You, me carrying the show. Yeah. 
Ryan was talking to me and so it, it was kind of like it was kind of like like my little fantasy the only person that anyone could hear was me so you were talking to me and Ryan was talking to me but you couldn't hear each other <laughs> <laughs> can you so hear me i could hear both of you and you both okay. were talking about different things <laughs> well he's he's currently <laughs> offline so now it's down to us and then it's going to be down to one of us yeah <laughs> so anyways so <laughs> So Ryan, good point, Ryan. We'll move on to Josh. I'm not speaking to you right now. I'm speaking to Matt. Just so clear. Um, uh, Is he still talking to you? Yeah, he's talking to me. This is so fucked. He has. He's (laughs) offline. I have to boot him out. Tell him to stop talking to you. That you're both proposing to cut this. So no. I'm gonna act as the I'm gonna act as the uh, intermediary. Okay. Um, all right. Ryan's gone. All right. Here yes. we go. Sorry. This. <laughs> wow. What a show. <laughs> um. Yeah. This whole range is is strange to me. I don't know. I guess one of the ones that I'm having the most difficulty with is Burns. I mean, he's going to be low owned, yet he's like the hottest golfer on tour right now. So the, I don't want to play him, but I'm being drawn in because of ownership. I, but I think, are you there? I'm here. I'm talking to myself. Oh, okay. Sorry. So <laughs> I, I, I think that I really just want to have, I want to have three golfers that are basically Patrick Reed or above in every lineup. Yeah. Because when I figure I when I envision what I think this leaderboard is going to look like, I think one, two, three are in these top fifteen. Yes. Do I think that Kyle Stanley is going to be top five? No. Do I think Norlander will be? No. It's going to be, it's going to be like a nine under winning score, and a player: Spieth, Rom, Reed, Xander, Thomas, Types, Matsuyama. I'm with you. Right. I might, I might have a case. I might be, I might be just a little exhausted with Tony Fee now, especially at eighteen percent ownership. And I might be a little exhausted with Corey Connors a little bit. I know, I, I'm no, I know that does sounds offensive, but I just know how not good he is out of the bunkers and necessarily around the greens. <clears throat> yeah, and I just think you need a little hand skill here. Like a Reed or a Shoffley, I, I argue that he does have good around the green skill. Um, Spieth. He's great in the bunkers. <clears throat> I think that Spieth. I think that Spieth is going to win. I'm you may disagree. Not, yeah, I don't. I mean, he's clear, he's clearly back. He's clearly playing better than anyone at the moment. Um, I just I haven't really. Have you seen what the ownership projections on him? Let me check here. Is he? I mean, is he getting ownership? It's like no, he's less owned than Rom. So yeah, I'll be on. That's right. I'll be on Spieth. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. The, In fact, none of this has has a lot of ownership except for Hovland and Fino, which leads me to believe correct. that they're doing exactly what you thought, which is playing a lot of eights guys, and a lot of guys in the sixes. <clears throat> yeah, and you know. What do you? Yeah. Where are your thoughts on Morikawa? I mean, 
he's one. I, I just, I, his ownership's always high. He's he's going to be like the third highest owned, likely, at twenty percent. And I just think there's better options. I think it was a different course at the workday. Um, I don't know. I just, I just can't. I can't always bring myself to play him. I know I can't bring myself to play Rory, but I likely will. I think Bryson sub ten is is insane if that happens. I'm seeing hum- that sub ten. Yeah. More, the problem with well with Morikawa for me is he's he rates out as my top play, and that's not there's no um, course history factored in there. So he ranks out as my top play, yet he is going to be the highest owned. So it's not like that's some novel thought that I've come up with here. No. But I don't necessarily want to. I don't necessarily want to fade who I rate as the best play. Um, so I think if I'm going to eat the chalk, I'll you know they I have Morikawa and Hovland at the same ownership. I mean, I guess I'll just I'll just cut out you know I'll cut out Finau and Hovland, and then just eat the Morikawa yes. chalk. I think Cantlay's. I think Cantlay's Spieth are two I have to have in a lot of lineups. <clears throat> yeah, I think Cantlay's Cantlay built like for the, this course. What's yeah, that's, that? I guess that's been that's been like the common question is: do, Are we, you know, what do you want to use for sample size? Are we looking at the last month? Or are we looking at the last week? Um, um, I think I think Cantlay had a little bit of a comeback. Was it not at the PGA Championship or the week after? Um, but he didn't, he didn't look as terrible, and. Shockingly, he's what you don't expect from you know elite ball striking from a Patrick Cantlay, but he's one of the best bunker players in the world. Sir, he doesn't have a lot of flaws, um, which you can't say about a lot of golfers. Jack loves him. He won here. Um, he's cold blooded. He's nine point five. I think him. I don't yeah. play Xander a lot, but Xander is also a price you can't ignore. Right. No. Um, and that's the I thing. I can ignore Colin Moore. Yeah. Go ahead. Looking at, sorry. Audio is strange tonight, isn't it? Um, kind of. Or maybe it's just me. The, like, I, I would much rather play Xander, Cantley, Matsuyama, who are guys who I, I don't like playing them, but I, 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 they're such an easier play than, than Chalkier, Connors, and Fino. Right? Yes. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I may fade Connor Spino. It's a fact. And I stick by my fades. Sometimes. Um, yeah, I think it's Spieth Cantley. That's my that's my week. I uh okay. Rory's too painful to follow. He's too painful to back at happy levels. Excruciating. Let's see here. I yeah, I don't know. Rory's the the one guy who I will be backing who just looks lost will be JT. I mean, yeah. we're, we're getting JT at ten point two, um, and and low owned. Right. I mean, yes, yeah, so he looks not very good at the moment, but that can turn around in any point. And as soon as it turns around, the next thing you know, he's 
Chalk and the expensive guy and the most expensive guy in the tournament. Yep. Ryan, who do you think is going to win? Tyler Duncan. Wow, that's a terrible pick. <laughs> you sure? Who's second? Peter Malnati. Great picks. Um, all right. We'll somehow have to dub in Ryan. I appreciate you uh, holding this together this week, Josh. Um, yeah, no problem. Are we doing picks to win, or did you already do yours? I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of going back to Spieth. Spieth Cantlay okay. is really where I am. Okay. Um, well, I guess, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to go Xander. I don't disagree with that. I'm not a huge Xander guy, but. I, I'm not, but it's, you know, it's just, I'm feeling it. Yep. I feel I'm, like, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the same zone. I think just give a little more room to speed off the tee. His iron game is pretty good. Um, you know, Kokrak was just he, Kokrak didn't miss anything last week. Nothing. Yeah, and it just seems like yeah. I don't know. Just Xander going on. I don't know. Like the Wallace fatigue. It almost feels like maybe hope we're getting some Xander fatigue. You know, he's always chalky. He's had yes. two missed cuts in the last four events. Yes. Yes. Um, there's some really popular plays right around him. Cantlay, yes. Hovland, um, and and he's phenomenal in the bunker. So even if he's a little off, we're gonna, you know, he's gonna be we're not gonna lose. Yes. So I, yeah, I'm feeling him. He he's a he's a smart player. He makes he makes timely and good decisions. He thinks about his shots more than a lot of other golfers I follow, it seems. And uh, there's a cult around I me. Mean, this is Xander cult, and I do feel like they overplay him and feel like a little burned by him. So let's go pick him up. Let's go pick him up on the cheap, the sloppy right. seconds. I'm in. All right, man. Bye, Josh. Bye, Evan. <laughs>